Together at the Table, the podcast from Integrity Music, where people around the world sit at their tables and talk about life in all its colors. Not to judge, but to love, share, listen, and learn. Whether you're rich or poor, we all sit at a table. And when we gather, everyone has a part to play in the conversation. So join us now as we share stories together at the table. Welcome to Together at the Table, the podcast from Integrity Music that brings you inspiring conversations with remarkable individuals. And today is no different. I am Andrew Phillips, your host, but I've got the honor of talking with Zach Bolin. And Zach is a singer, songwriter, producer, and the dynamic frontman of Seattle-born alternative band Citizens. The music of Citizens is a testament to their honesty and artistry crafting songs that tell the authentic stories of Zach, Brian, Connor, and Adam, and Daniel, while intricately weaving God's presence into their narrative. Renowned for their innovative sound that defies the conventional boundaries of church music, Citizens recently unveiled their sixth album, uh, I Can't Find the Edges of You, which I love. It's a beautiful album. As a songwriter, Zach Bolin has always aimed to create music that's relatable and unites people, regardless of where they are in life's journey. So join us now as we sit down with Zach to explore his story, his faith, and his journey. Zach, welcome to the table. It's good to be at this table. You know, it's based on Luke 11.37, this whole conversation, that Jesus was asked um, after he'd finished speaking, uh, because it was so powerful, by a Pharisee to come and come and sit with me and come and have dinner with me. And he accepted that, went and reclined at the table. And I think it's only apt that we start the conversation by inviting Jesus to this table. And I'd love you to do that if you would. Absolutely. Jesus, you are with us always, even now. And I just want to say, we want to say thank you. Thank you that you meet us where we are, especially around a table with people, um, no matter where we come from. We all have different experiences in life and somehow in your power, you hold us all and are mindful of each of us and want to be at this table. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Zach, I want to start at the very beginning, which is the work table, your work table, Mm -hmm. um, where you write these songs and think about life and everything. Tell me about that table. I was just sitting at that table today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out on my porch with um, Leslie Jordan and another artist, Hunter Plake, and we were enjoying the breeze and a beautiful fall day in Tennessee (laughs) and we were writing about uh, how this place that we live, this earth is just this hallowed ground 
for God's dwelling. And I think about that a lot. And so it's not surprising to me that we wrote a song like that today because so often when I'm coming to that work table, if you will, um, I'm thinking a lot about what's happening around me and trying to not lose sight of the fact that God's in it all and around me everywhere that I am. And so there's something really special about sitting outside for me. Um, I get distracted a lot out there, but it's sort of good distractions. <laughs> Little birds flying by, bugs eating at you, whatever it is. But I really, I'm, 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 I can get so focused and so, uh, I can kind of almost become obsessive. And there's, and if I'm in a room, sometimes like a room, even like the one we're in right now, I, all I can think about is the thing that we need to get done, which is writing this song or whatever it is. And something about being outside, I just, it just feels so much more conversational hmm. and leisurely. And I, and I like that a lot. Hmm. And so I try to, I try both, um, you know, practically that's my table, but also even figuratively <laughs> to try and be in that, in that place. I know the objective is, is when on your work table is to write a song. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you have to put on the table to get to that point? Oh, I think that for me, like with, when I come to that, I feel like I'm always at that table, honestly, which is interesting. And probably you could almost argue it's unhealthy. <laughs> Because I don't feel like I ever leave the table, you know? I feel like I'm always thinking about ideas or there's something coming into my mind that I want to capture and I want to make sure that I don't miss. And so the table's with me wherever I go. I mean, I can, there's songs, I, I, I can even, I even have specific memories of songs that were born, like walking through, a, you know, sitting on a, on an airplane and there's, I can barely even hear my voice just, you know, I'm trying to sing this mm. melody idea, but I don't want to sound weird to other people or, mm. you know, where, wherever I am. And so I think when I actually show up to the, the actual table to sit down and write, um, sometimes it's a beautiful uh, place to just pick up where I left off and one of those ideas and take it somewhere. But sometimes it's incredibly restricting because I realize um, because I, sometimes it's almost, I'm doing it because I feel like I have to rather than it's the thing that I just know I need to do. And that's why I feel like the table goes, is always with me because the most inspiring things to me, at least that I've ever been a part of or written didn't happen necessarily because they needed to, um, or, or they, they weren't like prescribed. They happened, yes, because they needed to, but in a different kind of sense, they needed to because they were there hmm. and to let them go or let them pass would have just been, at least for me, would have been the ultimate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, disaster or, or like, you know, it would have been so, I would have grieved that to know that, oh my gosh, these things wouldn't have happened if I hadn't just taken the table with me. Hmm. Do you see the table uh, analogy as when you're performing? Like hmm. the audience that's with you at that concert is at your table? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I talk about that a lot. Um, just because of the fact that there's so many people who 
in general, I mean, you just think about it in the church. I mean, you were just sharing, it's like Jesus is sitting at a table and he doesn't just do that one time. It's no. There's multiple instances of, of where in the gospels where Jesus is with people around a table. And for whatever reason, we've, div- we've come to this place, I feel like where I get it that we have this stage that people can stand on because we want people to be seen or whatever it is. But now, I mean, the way churches are built, you don't even really need the stage mm-hmm. anymore. And I think that, so when you do for us is making music that's based around our faith and around Christ, for someone to show up to that, they oftentimes aren't thinking about it as a table. They're thinking of, again, as like, okay, this is someone elevated on this particular stage and they're performing and entertaining us in some way. And we really just want to, as best as we can to eliminate that hmm. because, and that's why, honestly, at the end of most of our shows, I get down from the stage and I just sing a song with everybody, just acoustic and no mics or anything like that. And I say these, this exact thing because at every show, I remind people that they're in a room of, they're in a room with people that are not like them. Hmm. And every show, they're in a room with someone that if they knew certain things about them, they might not like them at all. And I want to remind people the fact that, you know, I had actually I had one time my th- uh, when I was seeing a therapist for a bit a few years ago, asked me this question about someone that was in my life um, and just that had hurt me pretty bad. And, and, they asked, uh, do you believe that they're completely bad? And didn't <laughs> didn't do anything after that. It just left me with that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't take me anywhere. And I, I had to answer, like, well, of course not. They're not totally bad. There's good in them. And that really hmm. changed me. Because sometimes when we're we feel hurt by others, or we feel like some people are doing things that are, you know, however we would categorize that hurting us or other people or doing something that we just think is not good it is really hard for us to see the good in those people and i just want to always remind people when we're together that hey guess what (laughs) we we do some of us will surprise each other with the things that we we do that aren't so great some of us will also we also have the capacity to surprise each other with the things that we can do that are pretty profound and amazing and i think tie all that with the holy spirit that's changing us every single day. Well, then we got to believe. If I can believe that for myself, then I got to believe that for someone else as well, that as we come to this table, that we're all on a journey and we're just not on, we're just not at the exact same place at the exact same time. Which is why the title of your album is perfect. (laughs) I can't find the edges of you. Hmm. You know, it's perfect because it's basically saying, maybe you won't. Yep. Maybe I can't. Yeah. And and maybe Jesus is okay with that as well. Yeah. So if I was if I was to ask you, but if you placed that album on the table today yeah. and was explaining it to anybody who might just pick it up and start listening to it, what is it you're saying? That tension isn't bad. Not all tension is bad, you know. That our instinct to want to fix and solve everything is incredibly 
restrictive and it's it's so unimaginative you know because how else do you get how else do you find something better or how else do you even discover something that is worth believing in hmm. at all unless you're willing to go at least a few steps past the point of this is uncomfortable and I'm either going to let that thing that's uncomfortable push me away or I'm going to see it as an opportunity to perhaps find out a little bit more as to why it is uncomfortable. And I think faith, that's, that is what faith is. Faith is an uncomfortable thing. And I think for anyone to say it's not, I would just be curious to know why. Yeah. Because it's, it's full of mystery. Yeah. You know, we're believing in a God that we can't see. And yet at the same time, I've, in all my years that I've lived, I have certainly felt God in so many ways. And in that way, it's like this super spidey sense, I guess, where you, while I can't physically see God, I see God. And while I can't physically feel God, I feel God. And while I can't always can't necessarily hear a voice, I hear God. You know, it's like, and I can point to all these moments in my life. And yet at the same time, I'm just kind of scratching at the surface. Hmm. We all are. Yeah. And so, you know, for someone to sit with that idea of I can't find the edges of you, God, to me, I hope that that isn't seen as a negative, but rather a, a really wonderful invitation because, um, you know, the more we get to know each other, we find the good and we find the bad. Absolutely. And sometimes we have to make a choice because when we discover something about someone, especially when they're being vulnerable, we can either allow ourselves to, uh, I suppose, only identify them with the thing that they've done that to us feels like, well, that's pretty bad. Or we can choose to kind of push through that and just see that, okay, there's vulnerability there and there's something that we're learning about them. And now I didn't even know that about them. And now I see this part of their story. And oh my gosh, like you started here and now you're here. That's amazing. And if that's true for us and our human relationships, then how much more true must that be for the one who created us? You know? I heard a great line, which was... Um how you got to Jesus doesn't matter. <laughs> it's actually just important that you got there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hey, you wrote a beautiful song about the table. Tell me about it. Mm. Won't you meet me at the table of the Lord? At the table, bound together no matter where we come from. At the table. Now and forever, Jesus make us one. It's hard to ask for forgiveness. Yeah, I wrote that with uh, Taylor Lynn Hart, Melanie Penn, and there, I think there was someone else there that day. I think Antoine Bradford. I can't remember who else was there, but um, so forgive me, anyone that I've forgotten. But um, that whole song just started off. We were talking about. You know, you show up at a family reunion and you're seeing all these people. We were actually talking about the difference between family and relatives <laughs> and how even sometimes your family, they're just relatives. And then there's friends can be family, yeah. you know? Um, relatives, you just, you choose to see once every 10 years at the family reunion or whatever it is, a funeral or a wedding. 
and just talking about how, you know, you're in the line to get dinner or get the food or whatever. And there's just all these characters and these people, some of them, you know, some of them, you don't know, some of them, you kind of want to avoid some of them, you know, you don't, you know, you're kind of just keeping your eye on because you don't know what they're going to say or do. And, um, I mean, really that song is kind of summing up what we you know, everything I've been saying here, which is, it's an invitation for anybody to come to that table. And, um, I think that the, it's one thing, it's one thing to tell someone, um, hmm. It's really easy to ask people to your table. I actually think it's, it's, it's a lot easier to ask someone to your table than to go to someone else's sometimes. Hmm, because good point. when you, someone comes to your table that you're comfortable there. Like you, you know what, you know, you know where for people to sit or I can go get them a drink or whatever it is, you know, you're comfortable at your table. But when you go to someone else's, you're a guest. And I think the unique thing about this table that Jesus invites us to is that um, he's saying, hey, this is your table too. Yeah. And, um, but you still feel like a guest sometimes because you you see the distance between you and this perfect God. And Jesus does this beautiful way of just reminding us that like, that's not, for you to think about <laughs> mm. just come yeah lovely everybody and that's that's where that song came from yeah thank you tell me about your family table mm. and and in that look back a bit to when you were a kid and yeah. maybe now in your family okay i have a lot of memories um yeah the table for me growing up was uh <laughs> it was a hard table it wasn't an easy table to sit at. Um, and I'm really grateful because there's been a lot of healing that's come over the years. A lot of really beautiful healing, but um, it wasn't an easy table to sit at. It was a table that I honestly didn't want to be at growing up. And it was probably the reason why, it, I probably, because of it, I thought oftentimes I want to have a, maybe not didn't think table, but I want to have a place one day hmm. where people can come yeah. and don't feel like I feel right now. Um and so I, I think for my wife and I, we've always wanted that, you know, since when we were first married, we were having people over and we've never stopped doing that. And our kids have always seen that, you know, just this past week we had, you know, a bunch of family in town just sort of last minute to help build these stairs for our house. And they were supposed to be there for two days and it wound up being six, you know, <laughs> but every night our kids are there and they're a part of it. And I think that's the part that it's not, we're not thinking about it as we're trying to teach our kids, but it is that, you know? And, but I think in so many ways, it's us trying to just, uh, I don't know, repair a little bit of perhaps what we didn't experience huh. growing up that we hope to, with every generation, to be able to bring some repair or some healing or just, an opportunity for that table to expand or just to perhaps our minds to expand as to what that can look like and who can be seated around it. So our table at home um, has been the place of, yeah, a lot of different guests coming over. It's been a place for really hard and some unresolved conversations, some that will never be resolved, sadly. Um it's been a place for us to watch our girls grow. We have four kids, but our oldest two girls that are teenagers and just haven't discovered what love is yet. 
<laughs> for each other. <laughs> no, they have, but you know, like sitting there with them just the other night talking about friendship and what that looks like. And then it's also been a place for people who don't even know anything about Jesus or God or faith and grow up in that and are asking questions and are curious. And I love that our tables, as I'm, I'm just recalling all this, I'm thinking about, I love that our table has been a place for so much of that, you know, mm -hmm. because we've had people over before where they are, are these people that invite people all over all the time. And they said, oh man, we've, you guys are the first people in four years to invite us over. And I was like, what? Hmm. That's crazy. And I think um, that was just a good wake up call for us that, okay, this is an important ministry for any family, uh, for any person, like inviting people to, to a table hmm. is a really sharing a meal, sh having a conversation. It, that's for whatever you want to call it. That's therapy. It's, it's uh community. It's, it's friendship, it's uh, it's healing. It's It brings a bit of wholeness. And I think that that's, it's no wonder that, that Jesus did that so often. Yeah. When you get ready to get to the table from your busy day and your busy life, like you tour a lot, you travel yeah. a lot, so you're away from your family. And then you gotta come back to that base, to that family. How do you get yourself right to be at that table, to just be there for what you need to be? Mm. Okay. I mean, a lot of times I feel like I come to that table just sort of <laughs> barely making it, you know, <laughs> just falling down the seat. Here we go. Um, we try, you know, though, one thing that we, my wife has led really well in this. Um, we've always sort of struggled a bit with the, all right, now we're going to pray before yeah. we eat. Not that that's bad. I'm not saying that's bad that someone does that, but it's just having kids, not wanting to just give them rituals, but wanting to give them something that teaches them about God being present with us. So whether we're eating, sleeping, going through our day, whatever. And one of the things that we try and do is just take a moment for a few seconds to just pause and just think about God being with us. And uh, that usually especially when we do that, I'm always, I love when we do that because it reminds me of how off I probably am <laughs> and I need to just take a moment and as hungry as I might be or as whatever the chaos of four kids and everything might be, it's just a really great moment to just say it, just to say that to God, you're here, thank you. Together at the table. Citizens mean so much to me because they were part of the soundtrack that shaped my teenage years. Especially at a time when wrapping my head around faith and around God was tough, they gave me inspiration and language to express what I longed for deep inside. Stream I Can't Find the Edges of You, the new album from Citizens, anywhere you listen to music. Together at the table. Hi, Andrew Phillips here. We've put together a resource for you to take your podcast experience to the next level. You can now bring the heartwarming conversations from our podcast 
to your very own table. Introducing the Together at the Table PDF Listening Guide. This guide provides a deeper insight into our series and offers you the chance to host your very own Together at the Table gathering. Inside, you'll find all the thought-provoking questions we discuss in every episode. Use these questions to create meaningful conversations with your friends and family, just as we do on the podcast. It's a great way to connect and grow together. Download your copy now by going to integritymusic.com forward slash together at the table. We'd love you to share your responses with us. What insights did you gain and what conversations were sparked around your table? We've set up a voicemail so you can get in touch and tell us about your stories from your table. Call 1-607-96-TABLE. That's 1-607-968-2253. We look forward to sharing your stories and thoughts on a future episode. Thank you for being part of this beautiful community. What do you reckon people say about you, Zach, when you leave the table? Or, or what would you like them to think about <laughs> you when you leave the table? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'd just talk their ear off. Um, you know, I hope that when people leave our table, or even my table, right, um, that they feel like they were heard and um but i hope that they experience like laughter and also that it was okay to talk about something that maybe in their life that they didn't have to provide a ton a, a ton of like pretext for but that they could just talk about something knowing that human to human there's a there's a, an awareness of the fact that we're all carrying different stuff. Um, so I hope it's a full spectrum hmm. that they feel when they leave that table of, okay, yeah, that was good. Hmm. Like that was good. That did something for my soul. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I know for a fact there's some that have left that table <laughs> that didn't feel that way. <laughs> and uh, I, there are reasons I don't know, but certainly been expressed hmm. to me in different ways. But... I think that by and large, I'm so grateful for my wife because she is really thoughtful. She thinks about color. She thinks about smell. She thinks about, you know, just like, okay, what are we going to be doing when people come to the house and all this stuff? And and I don't think about any of those things usually. I'm just kind of like, well, we'll eat, we'll sit down, we'll talk, and it'll be great, you know? But you kind of, for me, it's like, It'd be almost like, and I'm thankfully, I feel like this has changed a lot, but I feel like like my parents' generation, it was definitely more like you the the stories were so true of like the dad who's like, oh yeah, you know, has this idea of like, oh, all my wife does is change diapers and puts the kids down. It's the easiest job in the world. And then they go and do it. And they're like, oh my gosh, that wore me out. I'm so, now I understand how hard your job is. I feel like that's changed a lot because it seems like it's more of a co-parenting thing yep. now. But um Nevertheless, for me, I think I'm still like sometimes that person who's completely disregards all the beautiful things that go into making a special time for people. <laughs> and I'm really grateful that she is thinking about that stuff because I feel like 
if they were just there with me at the table, I think they would leave very differently than if it was with both of us. So okay. together it's better. Okay. I think the whole thing about Jesus and tables is that anybody who came ever chat with him at the table. Sure. Or he accepted their invitation and went to their table. Something was brought to the table. Yeah. And and I, I want to ask like today, if you could bring something to the table and leave it, either as a blessing or something you just want to not, not have again in your life, what, what do you reckon that might be? I'd want to bring, or I'd want to bring stories hmm. because I think that those are such a, oh man, they're such, they're like our signature that yeah. we put on a bank statement or whatever, you know, and they, carry so much with them and that's a hard thing to just I don't know that I'd want to leave those there either though but oh man when you're sharing stories you just learn so much about each other but you learn so much about yourself too hmm. and uh, I mean I'd, all the silly stories of growing up but then also the hard things too I just think stories are and I, and I see that in Jesus's ministry like, I feel yeah. like he connected so much with yeah. people's story, you know, like there's the classic one, but like the woman at the well, we get a little bit more mm. there because he's kind of noticing a bit more of her. He's probably seen her around and knows a little bit of her story, but then mm. there's so many others that we just, we don't have all those details yeah. for. And I'm sure, I'm sure of it, that he was noticing people around and all this and kind of trying to find ways into just connecting with them. Hmm. I think stories are just our way of just telling another person, hey, here I am. Yep. And I, I lived this thing and I want you to know about it. Yep. Whatever that is. Yeah, I agree. Is, is there a moment that you can remember at a table from now going back that is a moment you never can forget? Is there a particular one you can think of? Yeah. Yeah, I had um I had one a couple of months ago okay. where um I was sitting with I think it was my birthday and my kids had made they'd all <laughs> they'd all written these notes to me of just things that they liked or care you know, things that Ways that I meant hmm. something to them. And the reason I remember this is because it brought me to tears. And my my kids have often said, like, Dad, we've you've never cried before. You don't cry, Dad. And um, part of that is because I, you know, losing my dad when I was young, I was, you know, afraid to cry even at his funeral. I didn't cry at his funeral. You know, I was, I didn't think I sh I didn't think I was supposed to. And so I... I, I certainly have cried over the years, but they just haven't seen that. And so there was like this moment of where it was a genuine response to these things that they were saying that just really meant so much to me to hear that. And it almost was less about what they saw in me and more the stories that they were telling and the ways that they felt loved by me. 
um, it kind of just like did something to me because I was just thinking like, oh, okay, I'm so grateful that they're feeling this yeah. because I didn't always feel these things growing up. And so it was, it was sort of both a really um, gratifying moment as dad to hear those things, but then also just as a human being for them to see that, hey, dad is not just, you know, <laughs> just stoic, yeah. but that there's something there. And um, hmm. I'll always remember that. And, I, and I've kept all those notes that they wrote because, and I'm not very, I'm honestly not very sentimental, but something about that moment really stands out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you like to sit at the table with if you could, like somebody who's maybe sadly gone or just somebody you'd like to, to be with? My dad, mm. I'd love to sit with him, you know, because mm. it's interesting when someone dies young, like he was 30 something, 31, 32, I can't remember. And I was six when he died. When someone dies young, it's really, really hard because it's so tragic. It's so hard to talk about them mm. as anything other than you know, we immortalize them to a certain degree and we, and we forget about their flaws. Yeah. And I don't think that that's all bad, but for me as a kid who didn't have him around and now as an adult who doesn't have him around, um, I just would love to know, I'd love to ask him questions and just be like, all right, dad, <laughs> tell me, tell me the worst thing you ever did. Not because I'm here to judge it. I just want to know, yeah. you know, tell me, Tell me the things that you were really good at and tell me the things that you just failed miserably at. Just to be able to find some kind of connection to him. Um, someone even recently, my cousin sent me a CD of him, the songs that he sang that I um, I didn't even know existed. Wow. And uh, it, there were covers, songs that he sang in church. And... I haven't listened to it. I haven't heard his voice in, you know, I mean, I probably haven't heard his voice in almost 30 years, you know? So I feel, I don't know what I think about that, mm. you know? But I think that's going to sort of feel a little bit like sitting with him at the table. Yeah. Which is some, I'll take solace in that. But I would love, I would love that. I would love for my kids to sit at the table with him too, you know? There's so much of who I am, I don't really know. I, there's so much of, who I am that I don't really know why I am, if that makes any sense at all, you know, because I don't have a way to look back at him and see like, okay, that's why I do this thing or that's why I'm this way. So there's this part of me that will always be a little bit of a mystery. Um, but at the same time, God's been really gracious and brought other people along the way that have certainly like, you know, this uncle that was just in town building these stairs for six days. It's like, I got to sit at the table with him a lot over throughout my life. And that filled a massive void. But nevertheless, I'd still love to, to sit with my dad there. Hmm. If you sat with Jesus mm -hmm. at the table, what would you say? I think I know why. I think I already know the answer to this. But I would, I would, I would ask him why he didn't just answer questions straight on. <laughs> <laughs> why, 
why be so uh why i mean he kind of messed with us a little bit <laughs> he kind of does i mean he really does and i think i have a lot of reasons as to why i think that but i think the main one is that perhaps he just wanted us to figure things out on our own and not necessarily on our own but with others or just not i don't know like not perhaps maybe not hold our hand all the way realize that it might maybe we're supposed to live some life before the answer comes to us but nevertheless there's some that he could have just said oh yeah here's the here's the answer to that one <laughs> well maybe multiple choice at least yeah i mean you know like i just feel like he was always just messing with the, with the with the you know the jewish leaders and then you know i mean goodness gracious like your disciples are out in a boat and they're freaking out and you walk across the lake and then you walk over them and you just tell, you know, I, I just, I just think there's like moments like that where Jesus is doing these things that seem are so mysterious and so wild. And perhaps even the way that the, they're described doesn't even totally articulate what, what happened, but there was just such this in, indirect directness about Jesus that I find really compelling. I just don't know how in the world he did it. Like I wouldn't be able to keep myself from giving answers. And yet he did a really great job of, if you want to call it that, I guess, right? <laughs> of kind of, I don't even want to say it's beating around the bush, no. but it's certainly, uh, it's certainly a, a way of. I know what you mean though. It's yeah. a bit like when the blind man was in front of him and he said, what do you want me to do? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. It's like, I'm blind. Yeah. But obvious thing here, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's not always obvious. No. And I think that's that's the key to what you're saying, right? Well, and he even the way he does that. Mm. When he answer, when he does he like heals someone and he says, "All right, I'll go and sin no more." Yeah. It's like what an what an interesting thing to say mm. to someone. Um, which I think there's a lot of context that we've gained over the years of why perhaps he said that, but regardless it, that's a that's a mysterious statement all in a all on its own, you know? He could have said anything. Hmm. And that's what he said. Yeah. Final question. So anybody listening right now who's indifferent or not made up their mind about whether they'd come to the table right, and have a chat with Jesus or listen to one of Zach's songs, <laughs> um, what would you say to them? Don't come. <laughs> <laughs> no one's making you. Yeah. But, because you're going to do what you're going to do anyway, you know? But I would say uh, the cool thing about this table is that it's not, the invitation stays open. That it's not a, a once, a one-time invitation. So on the day when you remember that there's a table that you can come to to meet with Jesus, you just know he's ready for you and he's waiting for you there. And I think one of the most beautiful things that you'll see for anybody listening is that you'll actually see, whether you want to admit this now or not, that, that you were already at the table all along. <laughs> you just maybe had your back turned around or you were kind of kicking and screaming, whatever it was, but you were always at the table. And that's just how good God's grace is and how far reaching it is. And that's what's so amazing to me about it all is that somehow 
<laughs> Jesus took the responsibility from us of deciding who gets to be at the table and who doesn't. And he's like, mm, kind of all are. And we might not all see that. And that's the thing that God will sort out in eternity. And I don't think any of us need to try and put those pieces together. But somehow, both with Jesus's words and gosh, his very action of laying down his life, if that isn't everyone is at the table, I don't know what is. Because it's him laying down his life for the world. He says that and he does that. And to me, that's that is just a perpetual table invitation that we are just, we're there. Zach Bowen, thank you so much for coming to this table today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Together at the table. Together at the Table is an integrity music podcast and hosted by Andrew Phillips. The show is produced by Lasting Media Group. Our executive producers are Andrew Phillips and Jason B. Jones. Special thanks to Callie Argent, Bruno Balduino, Olivia Buchanan, Madison France, Alicia St. Gillet, Robbie Moore, Matt Lott, Noah Newman, and John Schneck. Our theme music is Good God, Lo-Fi Version by Special Music from their upcoming album, Still Worship, Lo-Fi, Volume 2. To listen to more lo-fi and Christian instrumental music, search for Still Worship wherever you listen to music. To learn more about Together at the Table, as well as Integrity Music, visit integritymusic.com. And to get more involved with the show, follow us on socials at TogetherTablePod. We've also set up a voicemail at 1-607-96-TABLE. That's 1-607-968-2253. If you have comments or questions or you'd like to be a part of the show, please call and leave a message. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps keep Together at the Table on the charts where people can find our show. Thank you once again for being with us Together at the Table. table.